what is relevance? The question that can get thrown out many a times and in many different ways. What is relevant? And I think if we ask that question, uh, we may find some good answers. But as is the case with lots of questions, uh, including ones that I think are good, is there's a limitation to that question. Because to be honest with you, sometimes what is relevant depends on your setting and circumstance. To some extent, the answer to the question is already doing part of what Hosea 10 will speak to. It's asking what is relevant to me. Well, we don't always know what we need. And so and sometimes in, in the search to be relevant, we can unintentionally read an idea and a concept that says, look within. What do you need? And, and we start to just reflect on our own needs and wants. And before long, we fail to realize the path we have traveled again and again and again. The prophets were there to kind of help the nation to see how that had suddenly and, and unintentionally at times, maybe intentionally at other times, crept in. And we see here in Hosea 10 these words in, in verse 13, the last part of 13. Hosea says to the nation, because you have depended on your own strength and on your many warriors. At the heart of what they were trying to figure out was not just what was relevant, but what they were trying to do is they were starting to trust themselves and what they could do and what they had known. And then why? Because we trust what and who we know. No wonder the nation of Israel would come to a point where they would say, look what we have done. Who do they know best? Themselves. Not maybe in an objective way, but they were around themselves the longest, right? I mean, I know that sounds almost like, duh. But, but those that we are around the most, we tend to trust because we know them. And it's not always knowing in a maybe deep, objective way. But we know them because we're around them so much. We see them. We talk to them. They talk to us. We know them. And in the struggle of the nation of Israel is, I don't think, much different to our struggle. Right? We can read the Old Testament and, and glean and learn from them. Paul would say that's one of the reasons we have it. We learn who 
God is. And we start to know the word so we can trust the word. And we trust the word because we can know the word. The Bible, though it is hard, though uh, you can spend hours upon hours every week and never get fully known, this can be known. It is not a mystery. Anyone can start to read some of this. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you have the Holy Spirit who penned this, who, who inspired this. So you can know this. You are not dependent on my knowledge or Ron Cutter's knowledge or Pastor Ken's knowledge or Pastor Paul's knowledge of this. You too can learn. That's what makes, to some extent, uh, the Christian faith, but also uh, us as Baptists different. Is we believe in this idea that all believers, and, and most other churches would agree with the first thing, that all believers have the Holy Spirit in them. But beyond that, we believe that there is no difference between pastors or clergy and the rest of the people of God. You know, Ron Clutter isn't special because he was a pastor. You know, and he's not that much better than the rest of us because he was a pastor. You know, his prayers aren't more important than the rest of your prayers. Now, he's special in many ways, you know, and uh, he has knowledge that he has forgotten more than I know. His prayers are powerful. But so are yours. Because you have been given the same spirit. You don't need a pastor to do the work for you. But God has called people like me, pastors, to lead, to shepherd, to guide. But it isn't about the pastors. Pastors can, we have our own issues and faults. We have our own struggles and sins. And any pastor who makes the church into their own image is feeling failing to see who the real king and lord and pastor is. As Jesus would say in the Gospel of John, I believe it is the 11th chapter, maybe the 10th, he says, I am the good shepherd. I'm not the good shepherd, I'm an okay shepherd. But there's one good shepherd. Okay? And so is every other pastor and leader in a church. We trust those who know. And so we see here, the nation of Israel was trusting their own strength, their own uh, military might, their own wealth, their own knowledge of what they thought was right. Because to some extent, that was easier than leaning into this God that had called them out of Egypt. It was easier that way. Why did they have a calf and, and they went to other gods? I think primarily it was because that was easier 
than having a relationship with the Lord God who called them out of Egypt. Maybe not that first generation. They saw some mighty things, but every generation after. Because we must know this. Seeking God is hard work. To seek God is not easy. It, that, that's why Jesus never said, my way is an easy way. My way is always the smoothest path. No, he never said that. He just said, I am the way, the truth, the life. I am the light of the world. But light also means there will be times of darkness. Where we go through the darkest of valleys. Where we go through and we're not sure if we make that next turn, what is there? And so sometimes we, we will fail to trust because we don't know who God is. And it is much easier to depend on me, myself, and I. And it's much more comfortable then. See, because if I have to trust somebody else, if it isn't just about me, then I can open myself up because I will. You must, if you, or if you become um, not self-dependent, you open yourself up to someone failing and failing you. You open yourself up to pain and heartache because they may, or most likely, they will say something that isn't going to always sit right. Or you open yourself up to the other person to say, you messed up. None of us like to hear that, see that. None of us like to admit that we've messed up. And so what we have tried to learn is we figured out the question, the answer to the question, what is relevant? We try to just keep going inward and inward and inward. And sooner or later we get to a point where we say, well, uh, it's relevant for me. It doesn't matter if it's relevant for you. You respect me. And I might respect you. But we see that we are going to be God's people. And that may be a big if. If we are going to be God's people, not if they are going to be God's people, not if the world is going to go the way of the Lord, but if we are going to be God's people, we must do the hard work of seeking the Lord. Because this is true. We find what we are looking for. My mom was texting, and I think just Alicia and I this week, giving us some updates on things. And she let us know she lost three things. Okay? I mean, at least three things she was willing to admit at the time. And, and I don't know if it came through a text, maybe not, but I was just a little honored. You know I can be honored? You know, a little mischievous. No wonder that little girl of mine gets it. All right? 
And very honestly, you will find them in the last place you look for them. See, you understand. It's true, isn't it? You will find the last place you are looking for. The issue that I have at times, that we have at times, is we stop looking for what we want to find. We just stop looking. The nation of Israel in chapter 10 is all about this idea that they stop looking for their creator. They stop looking for the one who called them by name. And so the result of that was they became, uh, verse 1 says, spreading vine in the United States. But kind of they, they, they got laid to waste because they stopped looking. They just started to rest in the idea of, oh, well, I'm good enough. Or, oh, well, look what I have done. They stopped seeking the Lord and started to substitute Something they could see a little easier or know a little quicker than the God of the Canaanites at all. And so they would go there to the high places. They would go to where they could be. They started to put their own faith in their political leaders of the day to say, well, if they just do what is right, then I'll be okay. And the leaders of the day said, we must keep, we, we want to do what we want to do. Does that sound like anything we experience? And God said, I can't stand your high places anymore. I can't stand your worship anymore. He calls them back to say so righteousness for yourself for then you will reap unfailing love we're in the midst of a harvest time around us but there is one thing farmers cannot be and that is in a hurry you can't plant one day and reap the next now we have done many things within the agricultural world where we can feed more on less land. You know, the saying when I was growing up, and so, you know, no, I know I'm old, right? All right? I'm old. The saying was, knee high by the 4th of July. Well, it's normally now knee high about three weeks after they plant. And they're planting much earlier than three weeks before the 4th of July. You know, amazing what it is. Amazing what has happened. But even then, we can't get in a herd to reap a harvest. Because right now, I was near a bean field yesterday. The beans looked, I mean, if you're just looking at the plant, they look pretty good. But they're not ready to be picked yet, are they, leaves? I, I didn't see very big pods yet. That's still to happen, right? But it looks good, so if I get in a rush, I'm just going to go in, and what will I do? I'll lose everything. I might get A, B per pod, but that would be a pretty pathetic harvest. And so we must do the hard work 
of seeking God because the truth of what, he, what, what Hosea is saying is if you sow righteousness, if, if you will, as he says in verse 12, make time to seek the Lord, for now is the day to seek the Lord, this is true. God will be found. You will experience his unfailing love. That's what it says, sow righteousness, seek the Lord, sow righteousness, reap the covenant love of God. And that isn't just a love of a feel-good thing. That is almost, in a very simplified way, of God's way of saying everything that I promised to be true of Exodus and Deuteronomy can be experienced. Do you want God's power? Do you need God's might? Do you need God's grace? Do you need forgiveness that is found in a, in, in a system of loving Him and obeying Christ? You know, if you want those things, seek Him. Sow righteousness, living as He would have us to live. And you too will get righteousness. You will be clothed in Christ. God can be found by those who seek. You know, we don't ask the question anymore, and, and I, I think it's probably good we don't, but I remember as a teenager and as a young new pastor, you know, the question is, what about those who never heard of Jesus? They don't have the internet. They're in some, uh, uh, you know, tribe in the Amazon of South America. They still exist, but they don't let outsiders in. Probably to some extent for the better of them. Uh, and, and no one goes out or a remote island in the middle of an ocean that we've yet to find. What, what about them? The truth is that all of nature proclaims that God is there. And someone will just say and pray, God, creator, you're out there. Show me who you are. There will come a way for them to know the truth of Jesus. Many, many years ago now, I heard from a missionary. And I'm not sure where, I'm not sure when or how where they finally reached these people who had been cut off for many years. And, and they were expecting some brutal savages, as we Americans probably would. You know, and yet they come in and they're starting to get to know and learn and listen. And here they found their religion to be one where, where they had this concept that there was one individual who died for everybody. And, and, and these missionaries being wise enough to go, wait a minute, there is, there is something to what they are saying here. Did they have maybe full truth? No, but they had more than they realized. Because they were seeking the creator God of the universe, which led them to a person they may not have known by the name of Jesus, but they knew of Jesus who died for the sins of all. And that he and he alone was worthy of worship. God can always be found. In the Muslim world in our day, they are finding 
Jesus. You know how? Dreams. Visions. Experiences that if, if I came in here this morning and said, I had a dream last night, you would probably dismiss me. A dream of something new and different. We don't see that in our Western world. But in the world of the Middle East, that is how many are coming to know Jesus. God can be found. Do you believe that? Do you believe that God can be found? 149 years ago, these 19 people who became the first members of First Baptist Church St. Paris, the churches around the, what would become the Miami Baptist, or not Miami, the Western Baptist Association many years said that because God can be found, we're going to make it easier for people to find God by proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ in St. Paris. And that vision still must stay today. God can be found, and our job as God's people is to seek him, but also say, guess what, world? He can be found. Jesus says in Matthew 7, Ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and it shall be found. And it shall be, uh, seek, and you will find not, and the door will be opened. But he would go on to say that who among you, when your kid asks for it, Food will give them a rock or a snake. So too is your heavenly Father. When we understand the character of God, we understand that He will provide. There was a day and age when I think our primary way of proclaiming the goodness of God was to remind people that they have sinned. And we must always remember we sin. But you know what? What I find to be more true this day is people are just wondering, does Jesus care about me? Does God care? So if I go to them and they're, wanting to, they're asking the question, does God care? And I say, you know what? You have sinned. And your sin is a front to God. God must judge sin. You know what they're, they're going? Oh my goodness, I don't know if this guy cares. I, I, I don't know his character other than he must judge sin. And if I'm a sinner and I have sinned, he must judge me. Well, I think I want to say, well, he's for that. And sometimes... We must always get that God has taken care of sin and must judge sin. But we must remind them that God cares and can be found. That he loves them. Why? Because he created you. Because he knows you. And he can be known by you. How will you reveal that to people? How will you share that? To proclaim the God who can be found. Because see, if we don't believe that, we fall in the same path as Israel and Judah. We will start to proclaim, by my own strength, I can do this. My own strength. 
God rewards those that seek. You will never end up empty with God. I think sometimes my issue, and, and I think I've been here long enough to know you all, or at least most of you, is we stop seeking. We find something a little easier and we substitute. But if you will seek him, you will find something. How do you do that? I'm not going to put them up on the screen. I'm just going to kind of tell you some things. How can you search and seek the Lord? Pray. And don't just pray once, but pray, and then pray, and then pray. Read the Bible. You don't have to know it all, but just start reading it. You'll gain something. Where do you start? You know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John's a pretty good place. You know, don't go, don't go necessarily number your Leviticus, okay? You know, go to, go to Ephesians. I mean, there's a lot there, but you can start to see some things. Not only can you just read the scripture, but send some time to study it. Good, even if, if you just get a good study Bible, you know, like, like mine here. You know, those of you online can't read it, but mine here, they have notes at the bottom. Just to help you think through some things, help me with some things. Buy a, a commentary. You're like, well, I don't, want, I don't know which one. I can give you many suggestions. Okay? You know, uh, pick up. You know, a writer, a Christian writer, and, and, and let them guide you through things. Now, don't rest on their knowledge, but seek the Lord. Talk with other Christians. Because sometimes when we talk with other Christians, we realize we're a little out in left field or right field. We're a little out there. You know, it isn't just uh, as a believer, even though we're Baptist, and I know there's nothing different in status before the Lord between a pastor and, and those of you who aren't, but it isn't just me, the Holy Spirit, and the Bible. God didn't call me unto myself. He called me into his family. So it's me, the Bible, the Holy Spirit, and God's people together. But on my own, I can, I can, I can mess up my own interpretation. You know? I could maybe think too highly of myself. So get together with other Christians. Listen to a podcast. There's some really good Christian podcasts out there. And, and you want to go a little deeper? Listen to a podcast or, or someone that you already know you might disagree with. Because then you will have to think through, what do I know? What does this mean? To me, ask questions. See, the thing about seekers is they know they don't know the answer. If you think you know it all, you don't need to seek. You set up like Lucy would. You set up a booth with a little coin jar and you say, come to me. I can help. You know, you don't need anybody else. Ask questions. Sing good songs. 
seek him. And the question I want to pose to you this week is not will you seek him? That's too easy to answer yes. I know I would. Yeah, of course. The question is how will you seek him? How will you do it? Because see, we can have great motives. We can have great intentions, but if we're not intentional and deliberate in doing something about it, they're just that, intentions and motives. And we need more than just intentions and motives. We need action. How do you seek the Lord this week? How will we, as a church, seek the Lord? What will we do to make sure that, that we don't just sit on the fact we've been here 149 years? It's going to be 150. We can party, and we will. We can celebrate, and we will. We can rejoice, and we will. But then we must also remember in the midst of that to seek the Lord for the next 150 years. Laying the foundation that reminds the next generation that when you do the hard work, God shows up. And as I like to say, shows up. And I believe I stole that from somebody else when we did our 40 days of prayer. But God will show up and show up. So how will you seek the Lord? We're going to sing a song in, in just a few moments. And some of you may need to respond and start to seek the Lord. I'm, I'm going to do something we normally don't do. This, this front space is a place where you can come and seek the Lord. And you can pray, and somebody else will come and pray for you or over you. And, you, and you may go, well, how do I know someone else? I'm just going to challenge those of you who have been, who've been in a church and, and would consider yourself somewhat mature in the faith. And if you see someone... Uh, praying, you just come and lay your hands on the back of them. Pray. You don't need to know why. You don't. You know, and you don't have to be quote unquote on the board or uh, you know an official leader in our church to be able to say someone's praying and seeking the Lord. I'm just gonna I'm gonna come behind you. The only prayer if you need to know the prayer, pray. Because I know some of you are like, well, I don't want to do it if I'm gonna mess it up. Okay. The prayer that you can pray is, Lord, by your Spirit, reveal to them what they need to be. What needs to be revealed. Just reveal yourself to the Lord. Just repeat it over and over and over. Lord, help them to seek you with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. Why? Because as, uh, as God said to uh, Solomon, I think he, he reaffirms it today. If my people who are called by my name humble themselves, pray and seek, and seek his face, and turn from their ways, I will hear. I realize that was a conditional promise to some extent to the nation of Israel, but by the power of the, of the cross and of Jesus, it says anybody who seeks the Lord can be found. And he will heal us of our sins, and he will forgive our sins, and he can heal our land as you and I are under the great position, being good physicians and okay physicians pronouncing comfort and grace 
and hope to this world. So if, if you need to seek the Lord this morning, no, He will reward you. Maybe not today. He's not a vending machine. You know, just insert your prayer and get something out. But if you seek and keep on seeking, and if you will persevere in seeking, I guarantee He will be found. I guarantee it. If you're not sure where to start, to start the cross. For there, hope is. Because he conquered the cross and the grave and death and sin. And he promises that all who seek him one day, they will be made new. And that is where our hope is. So will you seek the Lord with me as I pray and then as we sing this morning? God, we thank you that you reward those who seek you. So, Lord, give us strength to seek and keep on seeking. May we sow righteousness. May we, may we sow peace. May we walk humbly. May we know obedience and love is better than sacrifice. And may we start that today. Lord, may we be intentional about seeking your face this week, this day. Lord, that we wouldn't just think an hour around 15 minutes of, a, uh, of some guy talking about things he knows from your word would be enough. Well, may we seek you again and again. And Lord, we thank you that you will be found. So Lord, be with us this as we continue to see the cross and how beautiful and agonizing it is at the same time. How there truth and justice and love and righteousness and holiness came together. Because of who was there? You, in the form of Jesus Christ, the Lord, who is God. And so, Lord, we thank you for that. This, and we pray in his name, for his name is the all powerful name, for it is above all things. And it is in his name. We pray for the man. Will you stand?